ever find yourself wanting to meditate but feeling like you just can't figure out how to do it or whenever you sit down just thoughts come rushing in and you think once again that you are failing at it or Maybe you know how to meditate, but you just cannot find the time in your busy schedule. After all, you are managing a business, raising kids, trying to take care of other people, and there is just no time to meditate. If either one of these sound like you, then you are going to love today's episode with Tanya Ho. Tanya is originally from Hong Kong and is the founder and owner of Muse Flower Retreat and Spa, an all-inclusive vegetarian wellness retreat center based in Chiang Rai, Northern Thailand, offering yoga, meditation, and spa retreats. Tanya also serves as a meditation teacher to teach people how to meditate in a fun, easy, and practical way and how to trust their intuition. Tanya has studied a number of holistic therapies, including devotional chanting, cacao ceremony, labyrinth walk, shamanic journeying, flower essences, and energy healing. After talking to Tanya, I let her know it is my personal goal to one day be able to attend her retreat center because it sounds glorious. Welcome, welcome, welcome to today's episode of the Unweaving Chronic Pain Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Andrea Moore, founder of the Whole Self Integration Method, and here to help you decode your pain so you can live a life that feels aligned and amazing to you. And if you have not taken it yet, you're going to want to get signed up for my pain response archetype assessment. In this assessment, it's going to help decode your response to pain in a way that allows you to gain the next best steps to healing and expanding out your life. I've been hearing amazing feedback so far on this assessment and that it is unlike anything anyone has ever taken for their pain because it focuses on such a different area that people have never thought to look at. And just by taking it, it has unlocked awarenesses and allowed people to step into the bigger version of themselves that they so desire to walk through life in. That assessment can be found in the show notes. Just go ahead and click the link and get signed up. And please don't forget to email me back your results. And now moving into today's episode. Welcome, Tanya. I am so excited to have you here. Why don't we first get started with just telling people a little bit about yourself. How did you get to where yeah. today? Always a very open-ended question. <laughs> yeah. So my name is Tanya and I'm actually originally from Hong Kong and now I live in Thailand, actually in the northern part of Thailand called Chiang Rai. So I own and run a retreat center here called Muse Flower Retreat and Spa. So it's a yoga retreat center where we offer yoga meditation retreats but also spa holidays as well and also sometimes we also hold like kind of soulful retreat programs here so this is where i am at the moment in Chiang Rai. yeah mm -hmm. it's been a long journey to come here to be here i also teach meditation here different styles of meditation yeah oh my gosh it's like gonna be my personal goal to come visit you in person for a retreat yes please because that is like my dream everyone i like i've always wanted to go to thailand and to do it in a retreat center sounds so yeah how did you get to doing this <laughs> to doing the retreat center yeah 
Um, well, meditation. So my background is actually in hotel management and specifically actually in spa. And I was already working in Thailand after I graduated. But when I was 25, my dad passed away and he was in Hong Kong. My dad had depression. So that was when I went back to Hong Kong and I was like, I quit my job. It was like that time when I knew what I didn't want, but I don't know what I want to do. So it's like that soul searching time, like traveling. And also I went to a retreat for the first time actually here in Chiang Rai for my own healing, you know, for my own healing, for my grief. And I thought the retreat was just such a really powerful, like transformative experience. And it's always something that I'm like, it's really aligned with what I'm interested in, like spa and wellness. It's just natural health and just taking that one step further to like a full kind of immersive experience when you go to a retreat. So yeah, and just a few years fast forward from that, I had opportunity to open a retreat center here in Thailand with a business partner at that time. And then so we opened the place together. And then after we opened like a year, I think, or less than a year, actually, we had different opinions of running things. So we split the business, actually, and then it became my own. I rebranded the place. Mm -hmm. Um, I met my husband here also, luckily for me, and he was supporting me a lot in that process. And, you know, for me at that time, really was just kind of like coming back to myself also and just thinking, why do I want to start a retreat center? And to me, it was linking back to, you know, my dad, like I grew up in Hong Kong, so we're in from the city. So just really wanted a place for city people, but not just only city people, but like people really stress out to be able to find a place to go back to nature, to reconnect back to themselves. And not just only on a physical level, but also on the emotional level as well. Yes. I'm yeah. so curious. I'm like endlessly fascinated with what, and I don't know if you can answer this question because I feel like I don't know how to answer it for myself, but what is it that makes some people so willing to move into things like this, right? Because I feel like, at least here in the States, the culture is like, I mean, it's getting better, but it's like, don't talk about your emotions, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and keep going, you know? And so I'm so curious, especially at, at that age, right? You're at a younger age. It's, it sounds like you really were able to just so open up to the healing process and mm -hmm. even your own soul searching journey with, from what I'm here again, I'm sure it wasn't exactly, you know, all, you know, rainbows and butterflies, of course not. But it's like, right, there's, I feel like there's people who have this openness and they can just step into it of like, this is the next phase of my life and I'm going to open and receive support versus others who resist and is like, something's gone wrong. I shouldn't feel this way. How come I don't know what I want in my life? And then we make ourselves wrong for it. So I'm so curious, like, to hear more about your mindset at that time. Mm. Well, I feel like maybe because I was already working in a spa already and the spa I was working on is very focused on the holistic health aspect. So it's not just only a physical relaxation. So I was already meeting like practitioners and teachers who offered Reiki, crystal balancing. And I also myself went to learn Reiki as well when I was 21. So that already kind of opened up this whole new world of like healing and energies and so on. And I think for me, actually, for my dad passing, it was kind more maybe nine months later I started to have eczema and eczema was something that my everybody in my family my dad my mom and my sisters they all had eczema and I know like if you go for like a western medicine route it's just not so easy with healing eczema and even with traditional Chinese medicine it's also not so easy so actually I got to you know I got was introduced to a homeopath and that's where actually I started my own healing journey on understanding the, you can say there's the emotional factor to go with the eczema as well as actually to my dad's death. And I didn't realize at the time. So once I realized that, I think that was really kind of like 
spark that whole like kind of healing deep down for myself and my eczema did go away <laughs> so good for me so yeah it was definitely that i can say i had the background also something on the physical body just happened you know manifest and they kind of really force yourself to look at okay what is really the root cause here yes oh my gosh that's so powerful and i just want to you know, reiterate what you said of like, you had this physical symptom of eczema, which by the way, I don't even think I thought about this. So thank you for saying it. Eczema as a kid, it was nothing terrible. I just had like little patches, you know? Mm. But since I was like, I don't have it anymore. And it was never anything that really got in my way enough to even notice. But I was like, oh, well, look at that. But yeah, it's so often these skin conditions. And it's interesting that you're, you know, bringing up the skin because I have a background in nutritional therapy. And one of the things that just got me into this work, too, was like, man, so many of these symptoms that we're trying to repress with, especially Western medicine, like creams and ointments and repress, repress, repress. Mm -hmm. So just repressing the energetic, emotional things that are, to me, I look at it as like they're literally looking to come up and out. Yeah. And then we yes, have right. it back in. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah. That's amazing that you were able to receive that support. Homeopathy is another thing that I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love to deep dive. Maybe in 10 years, I'll be a homeopathic. Um, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. One of those endlessly learning things. So I'm like, okay, settle down. But that's so cool that you were able to find that. And yeah, I think it's just so interesting how some people are just pulled towards this work at such an early age. Like you said, you're interested at 21. Too. I'm curious what pulled you even into that, if you know the answer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, actually, it's interesting. I feel like in our life, we met people who would kind of like plant seeds along the way that's kind of like surrounded something else. So I had a French teacher, for example, when I was in high school, who was actually my tutor and so my friend, and he was the one who introduced aromatherapy to me. So that was like when they like, got started in the whole natural health it was like very interesting to me. And then it kind of linked to like when I was going to college and then going to a hotel management and found, oh my God, there's this whole world of spa that, you know, really combined my interests with health and business together. And then from there, you know, just kind of going into, you know, of course, it was more like a business management thing. It was actually my, I was in a spa management training program. I was working in a resort where there's a spa management training program after you graduated. And there were a couple other management trainees. And one of them, she learned Reiki already when she was 22. So we're around the same age. And um, she just really inspired me to do the same because it was something that felt like, oh, yeah, it's something I could learn maybe in the future. And then seeing that, okay, she actually learned her in her age while I was waiting. I had this opportunity where I was working. They already had the training. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And I'm so glad I did because it really did change my life. It's one of those things that like completely shifted the life. And then like, oh, wow. And then just open up this whole new world of things right. for me. Yeah, I'm so hearing that along your journey of just this openness, right? This, you're just receiving these invitations from life and like, oh. And this sounds nice. I'm going to just follow this path. And this sounds nice. And this seed is planted. And I love that. I love that openness. I think so often we get, oh, this is a journey we need to be on, right? So we like close those doors that are trying to open for us. And I feel like it sounds like you really beautifully walked through this, those doors that were right for you. Um, thank you. Thank you. I didn't actually think of it that way, but when you say it, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I'm just like endlessly fascinated by things like that and how things unfold and in the way they're meant to, right? And you said something earlier too of, you know, this like soul searching journey. And mm -hmm. I know for so many of my listeners, and this was myself, of like, we're, we're a little type A and like, this is how it should be. And this is what we expect our lives to, to look like that cuts off that openness, right? That's what closes the door. And we think that we should know what we're supposed to do already. 
or mm-hmm. oh, I should have already been at this certain stage or, oh, I'm this age, you know, why don't I already know what I want to do? Why haven't I already known my passion? And we cut off the ability to just experience different things and just walk the path and and open to it. And so that's what Briar that you did really beautifully. Um, well, I definitely have that, the expectations and my inner control freak, you know, it's kind of like, I want to know like all the 10 steps, you know, the game plan, you know, I want to know all 10 steps ahead, but life has taught me in different ways that it's just not how life works again and again. So just learning that lesson again and again, just like, okay, it's not going to turn out the way I expect it to be. Just have to like trust the timing, trust how things unfold, like you said. Yes, yes. So, okay. So since you have the inner control freak, like all of us think too, <laughs> how do, and I'm sure, but I, I want to bring in meditation here because obviously that's something that you teach and uh, really do a beautiful job of. So I'm curious how meditation fits in. Does that help the inner control freak to take a step back? Or what's been your technique for managing that inner control freak that wants to know the 10 steps? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So I feel like meditation, there's so many benefits of meditation, but just coming back to that, like with the control freak part, I feel like meditation is definitely one practice can help us to just let it detach a little bit with what we're always doing, like this autopilot thing that we're in, or this kind of daily habit that we're constantly doing, and all these expectations that we put on ourselves that we don't even aware of sometimes. And so I describe this kind of like when you go to a movie theater where you're doing meditation, and you're watching your thoughts, like you're watching a movie up on the screen. And so you're the actor, the actress that is on the screen, you're playing out this movie, you're also the creator, you're the scriptwriter. So you're all that but you're also the audience so you're sitting in the you know in the audience you're still you're observing so we all have that part of us that observer part of us so to help us kind of teach us a little bit all that drama that we have in our life that the drama the inner control free kind of like really kind of lasts on that's part of us definitely but there's another part of us that is the observer and so meditation kind of helps us to kind of like create that little distance of, hey, I can assert that instead of like being really critical or really judgmental, we can be a little bit more curious. Like I said, be more open to like, okay, interesting. Why am I feeling this way? Or why am I getting triggered in this situation? And so it kind of comes that brings to that mindfulness as well. We are in our daily life because meditation Maybe it's five minutes of a day, but what happens to the other 23 hours and 55 minutes of the day, right? So that's where, you know, meditation is the practice and it brings us that mindfulness, hopefully, that we can incorporate in our daily life as well. Yes, I love that. And I love the curiosity piece. I have something that I call the wonder-driven mind of just approaching ourselves and what's happening in our situations with that just like wonderment of like, wow, like why is this occurring right now? Why all the drama about this? Like, let's get curious and just amazing how my brain can create so much drama over this situation, right? Or whatever it might be. And bringing in some fun and playfulness and yes to the third party observer. It really is such a powerful like seat to be taking (laughs) while you're meditating yeah and so i'm so curious i know i myself had heard about all the benefits of meditation had like taken all the courses on how beneficial it was but when i first tried to try it for myself despite me teaching you know my patients how to do it when i was working in the clinic i was like i can't do it right my mind would not settle i was get so distracted so i'm so curious like what's the best way to get started for somebody who is either new or has tried and it just feels like it is clashing in their system yes 
So that's actually a very, very common issue that people face with meditation, like whether they get started or like they have tried and like feel it'll work. So one thing I just put it out there, I always tell people is there are so many different styles of meditation, just like there are so many styles of cooking, cuisine out there. Some people might like certain kind of food. Some people might like different types of food, right? So same as meditation styles, like there are so many different styles. If you have tried one style and it didn't work out for you, please do not give up on meditation. Just like finding a best friend. Right. You know, like just being open again and just being curious. It's like, okay, well, this style didn't really work. Let me try the other stuff because it's really also very much related to our own learning style. So, you know, if some people who are more a visual learner, they might be attracted more to visualization type of meditation or some people who are more auditorial learner, maybe they want something with sound. So it really also kind of go with your learning style. Each person is very different. So I'll say like, that's the number one, like just really try out like different styles. Cause that happened to me too. When I started in meditation, I always thought it was like sitting down cross-legged with your back straight and counting your breath. And it like just totally didn't work for me. Like I thought it was so difficult to concentrate and focus my breath. So I gave up. So I think first of all, is to understand there's different styles. And second of all, it's just this expectation again, that meditation is supposed to have no thoughts, but that is not true. Actually, meditation is about learning how to observe your thoughts. So it is not about having no thoughts. You might eventually get to a space where you can really just be and just be in touch with that inner stillness that is within. And that's great. But that may or may not happen on a daily basis. So you know, some days it is okay. The mind is completely occupied with different thoughts. And just know that, you know, the most important thing I feel like is just showing the practice. Same as I guess maybe I'm just gonna throw out and maybe working out or maybe doing yoga. Someday you feel really great. Someday you feel like I can't not do it, but you still show up and that's the most important part. Mm, yes, I love that. The emphasis on the different styles because yes, I feel like yeah. some styles are like, you must do it for 90 minutes. It's like, whoa, okay, hold up. <laughs> it's a really big commitment, right? Or yes, yeah. counting the breaths, everyone. They probably knows that I cannot stand counting breaths or I'm better at it now, but it used to be something that like triggered up my nervous system. So it's so comfortable. But yeah, I've always found the guided ones were the most accessible at first. And what's so interesting is mm-hmm. it started with such an almost an inability, such a resistance to do it. And then when I opened up to the more guided ones, which just happened to be the ones that worked for me and shorter, I feel like I would stick to nothing more than 10 minutes. Yes. And then, but over time, it's like now I kind of play with different styles. And there are some days where mm-hmm. it's like I do have those moments of the stillness and other days like today, my <laughs> did a practice this morning and my thoughts were like all over the place, but it is just allowing the differences on a day-to-day basis and knowing that that's totally fine. And it is interesting that you like bring it into like working out and yoga and it's like, yeah, obviously you're different every day, but I do feel like, at least for me, the differences I feel on a day-to-day basis with meditation, there's a much wider range of differences. <laughs> right, right, right. And so it's just like allowing that, that that's normal, at least yeah, my experience. Yes, totally. Yes. It is a wide, it could be a wide stage. And I feel like just so many things, you know, like outer things are happening yeah. in our life or our bodies going through a different hormonal cycle or whatever. So all this also can come into play as well. You know, where we are with our meditation today. And all are acceptable, all are welcome. Yeah, to me, the important part is just taking that moment to be with ourselves is really the way I see it too. I'm just taking that moment to be like, I'm just with you right here now, body, in however you want to present yourself and however you need to be and without any specific outcomes or pressures because our poor body has pressure on it all day long to be doing or performing or being a certain way. 
That's right. Yeah. And you're right. I feel like that acceptance is really also an act of self-love because it's easy to say we love ourselves. But when it comes to the actions, you know, what is it? What does it mean? And that is, you know, one thing you said about just being really acceptable of where we are today and just being there for ourselves. That is definitely a gift that we could get ourselves an act of self-love. Yes, yes. And so the other common, I guess, pushback I hear a lot and I myself still sometimes struggle with is the like, oh my gosh, it feels like I have so much to do in my day. How am I going to do one more thing? Right. Yeah, you're right. And I find the people who say that the most need it the most, right? I know that for me, that's the days I need it the most. But yeah, I'd love to hear how you approach that. Well, I'll say like there's like three parts answer, I guess. The first, meditation can be really simple. I feel like some people, like you said, like, you know, I have to have a big chunk of time. But actually, even if you're just sitting there for like one minute for yourself, that is totally fine. And that's totally a great thing that you're doing for yourself already. So to me, it's not so much about the quantity of time you spend, but more like just that quality, more like even not just the quality, but like the intention that you have, like that I want to have just this one minute for myself this kind of like entering the sacred space and time for being myself. So that's the kind of one, just kind of like make it really, I always tell people like set yourself up for success. So if it's like 10 minutes also is actually very long, can be very long already. So like that's a really great job if you're doing 10 minutes. So if you're starting out, people, I say like, you know, just one minute, just start with one minute. If you can say you do one minute every single day, you're doing it every day anyway. So that's one part. The second part is kind of making it fun because like any habit, if it's not fun, it's very hard to stick to. We have to force ourselves or push ourselves to do something. It's really not going to last. So that's why I said like finding the meditation style that is fun or at least something that we like or something that really feel the benefit. Like you said, maybe like guided meditation that you can really feel the benefit. So just stick with that. You know, go with the style that you really like. So that's important too. And then the third, of course, it is there is kind of like the commitment. Because before I was always kind of just on and off meditator as well. So again, like I knew the benefits of meditation, but like with me, I was not practicing every single day. It was also not something that was my higher priority on my list. And then it was also like from all the spiritual teachers of all this and you know, meditation, it's like this practice you have to do. Like it, it's just gonna be really beneficial. So I think I made a commitment. So okay, I'm gonna do it every day. I'm just gonna see if like how this goes, if it's really going to change my life and it did so it's kind of that commitment when i like stick to it and say okay i'm gonna do it and then when there are days when i didn't do it then i would notice a difference and then then i know okay you know for me meditation is really like if i can do it i can be a more sane person so that's what i need i need it for my sanity so it's just like i need to do it for my sanity so i can function for the rest of the day (laughs) yes yeah Oh my gosh, I think you bring up such a good point because I think so often it's like, you're a busy mom or you know what I mean? You're in like this position where you feel like you're constantly people please again, like needing to take care of everyone else. Well, yes, of course, we need to address those patterns. I think sometimes you can just use that as the thing to help commit. It's like if you have it stuck in your mind that you have to be the one who's showing up and doing all the work and helping everyone out, then at least like twist that for your benefit to be like, and meditation is going to be the thing that helps me do that. <laughs> and then maybe work on the people pleasing patterns too. But... <laughs> And relieve yourself with that responsibilities, but right. But I feel like sometimes we can just find ways to kind of lovingly manipulate our brains to be like, yeah, and that's because I have to take care of everyone and my family and be the one who does this all. That's exactly why I need to be meditating because, like you said, it saves your sanity. 
Yes. Yes. It's not like really sexy or essential, special, but it is like really, for me, it was like one of the main benefits I see. It's just really, even for that moment, even just like that five minutes, 10 minutes I'm sane and or calm, maybe like, maybe not even calm, but just like being sane for like yeah, 10 minutes. And then the rest of the day, because I'm also a mom, I'm a business owner. So there's like so many things that could happen. And so like, you know, maybe the rest of the day, it's totally like insane, but at least I did have that 10 minutes of sanity. And then that just really kind of like saved the day a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that because I do think, you know, even talking about the benefits that I know for me, I don't know if I meditate in the morning. That doesn't mean my day is like going to necessarily be like, quote unquote, better. For me, it's like I really notice the difference when I'm consistent and then I like become inconsistent. It was when I most noticed the difference. But it's like if I've been inconsistent and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to meditate. Like that day is not necessarily going to like show the benefits of it. And right. so for me, I would use that against myself for a while because then I'd be like, well, then what's the point of meditating? Right. You know what I mean? I was like, my day didn't feel better, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I was like, all right, I got to find a way to twist this. Right. But it's exactly what you said is like even just having those moments. And I think of these moments to just recharge my battery and mm-hmm. just yeah. have, even if it's just this recovery time. But that doesn't mean like I fully recovered or it doesn't even mean anything about the rest of the day. It's just that I've given myself that time because if I don't and that happens repeatedly day after day, then like shit hits the fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yes. And I also love that you said the just even sitting down for a minute. I've been doing this lately. I've I've been noticing my husband's been taking on a whole lot more things, which just means like more has been put added onto my plate because he's like extremely helpful with things around the house. So now we're just kind of like rejuggling with his new priorities, right? And so I've been like going a lot more. Normally I like finish my work day and I kind of have time to decompress. But now it's like finish my work. Okay, got a big dinner. And and so the last few nights this week, I've noticed it's like really catching up with me. Mm -hmm. And I'll like be in the middle of cooking and I'm just like, okay, like I find myself like, wait, just keep going in or you got this. And then I'm like, no. And I'll just like sit down in the middle of the floor for like two minutes and you go, look and breathe and just like have that moment. And then I can get up and I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> and also yeah. we need to find a better schedule here. But it's been so helpful to just allow myself for those like one or two minutes to just sit while the water's boiling or while the meat's cooking and to just ah, recover. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. Because when we're like stressed, we're like, and I feel like it's also that part of us that really want to be productive. Where like during this thing, I was like, okay, like the mind is trying to find like this multitasking thing. Like, what, what can I do? Like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And so when you said, and that's the mindfulness too. Like, I feel like that's the mindfulness. I talk, you know, we kind of talk a bit about in the beginning. One of the benefits of meditation is it's not just that five minutes, ten minutes, but you know, the mindfulness, the awareness that come into your life, and you're like, oh, let me just take that one minute just to take a breather. Instead of using that one minute to panic over other things. And that is the difference because that is the most practical thing you can take from meditation. One of the most, you know, is how we can integrate spirituality or integrate this practice in our daily. And that is a really good example that you gave. Yeah. And I find after I do that, then I can even just bring the mindfulness into the cooking, right? I can just like take that moment and be like, oh, it's like so cool how this like meat is changing colors when we put it on a heat store. You know what I mean? Like it's just like little things. Yeah. Just like, okay. And then like the cooking becomes enjoyable and you get to enjoy the chopping the veggies, right? But if I don't take that minute, then it's just like, 
let's get done. And I'm in like this like panic, like not breathing state the whole time. And it does carry out throughout the evening then and it affects my relationship with my husband and my kid and stuff. Whereas like, ha, huh, bring in the mindfulness. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like that breather, just like when you said, even just one minute, just to kind of like reset a little bit. Yes. Yes. And I love also what you're talking about of bringing it into daily life. It's so interesting. I've worked with a couple of clients who were avid meditators, like would meditate for like an hour plus a day, mm-hmm. but they were almost using it as a form of escapism from life. Because mm-hmm. it was like the only time where they could feel at peace and content. So I was like, oh, yes. I'll be, like, I want more of this, right? So they had no problem integrating in the meditation. What became the issue, and I see this with like multiple types of healing, with whatever healing modality people are doing, whether yes. it's even going That's to right. a massage therapist or doing somatic work or like the very work I teach is like, oh, here's the one place where things actually feel in my control and, mm-hmm. and content. And then there's not the carryover. So I'm curious, one, if you see that, and two, if you have recommendations for helping people carry it over into their lives, if they're not feeling like it is in the way that they'd want. Well, I have noticed it in certain people, and not just the meditation, like I said, you know, like we all have our blind spots, you know, like just because we're human beings, so we're not perfect in that way. And then, you know, that's where I feel like the reflection and then just that self-awareness and just the inquiry like you said being really curious comes to place because you know with all any kind of healing you know it's great when we go through the healing you said but when we start to rely on that to feel a certain thing or to get certain thing instead of relying on ourselves that's something that is internal well hopefully hopefully that's kind of more like a mindset thing a lot of people actually they don't notice that and sometimes it's not in my place to say it because the person didn't ask for it they didn't ask for the advice and so that's fine i think we just observe and for me i don't really tell people because if they don't ask for it i just don't feel like it's my place to say it but i take that as a reflection for myself so you know to myself if i notice that then maybe it's something that's a reflection for myself to work on oh yes i love that view of just like seeing things as a reflection for yourself because absolutely we're all mirrors of each other right (laughs) yes yes and i also really truly believe that the outer world is just a reflection of what's going on inside so if something that comes up that we feel you know, we observe something, we notice something that's probably something that it's pointing back towards us as well. Yes. Yes. I found this to be so true. And I think something that I struggled with when I first kind of came across that mindset was not using it to beat myself up. You know what I mean? Mm. Right. To be able to take it as this thing of like, oh, this is a really valuable reflection for me. Right. I think a lot of people struggle who struggle with perfectionism with being able to take this reflection and not use it as a criticism, but more use it as this like right. really beautiful reflection that can help them grow. To see that there is growth means that you have to accept that you're not perfect. And I think that's the hang up for a lot of people is like, oh, even growth means I have to admit that I'm not at my end stage of perfection, which like, of course you're not, because who is? Mm, so, right. 
Well, I feel like, I don't know if you see that in your client, but a lot of people, because in myself, you know, I had a perfectionist kind of attitude, you know, before as well. And I just feel like it's more like the underlying, there's just this belief that we're not good enough. And that's why they're just striving for being perfect. And so this constantly like trying to fix ourselves through any kind of different kind of modalities, you know, this kind of beating ourselves up, like you said, and taking things personally, which I do, I do a lot still. And but starting to learn, and that's where the mental meditation also start to come in again. It's just because meditation reminds that we're not our thoughts. So when we're like dwelling to that thought and we're like going down the rabbit hole and start to take things really personally, it kind of helps us to step back again. Okay. All right. I don't have to take all these things personally. And a lot of time, actually, I feel like, you know, when things happen, when we feel we got triggered or feel like we're not good enough, it really is not like the other person in a situation. They didn't do it purposely to hurt you or to do it purposely to say you're not good enough. Everybody has their own baggage. So I feel like it's just everybody, you know, their own stuff. And then that got blown out and then everybody got triggered around that thing, you know? So I definitely feel like, again, it's just, I always tell people just bring that back to ourselves again, you know, like instead of focusing too much on what other people say or do, because we cannot control what other people say, we cannot change what other people do. Let's bring the focus back to ourselves, what we can do, how we can respond instead of being reactive. And again, that's all the mindfulness that can come, the awareness that come in. Yes, I love that. And yes, I so struggle with that as well, too, still, because I think it's an ongoing thing of perfectionism and not feeling good enough and feeling like we need to be at this certain place. And so just to remind ourselves that we're all humans and nothing's gone wrong. The thing I always think about in my head, because I don't think I've ever shared this before, when I'm like caught in this like, oh, I should have known better or like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I still have to improve that area, is I think of like a baby who's still crawling is ready to learn how to walk. It's like you wouldn't beat that baby up and be like, how dare you not know how to walk yet? (laughs) Stop it. You should stay back to where you were because you should have known better. So you should just not even try, you know? And it's just like, oh, that's so silly, right? It's like, oh, I just learned something new that I could improve on. Why would I hold myself back now? Because that would mean I was like wrong before, right? Um, so I don't know, that's always the image that comes to my head and that always helps me be like, okay, it's okay. I could just admit that I didn't know yet or that I did yeah. know and I still didn't take action on it because that's yeah. so happens. <laughs> but that's also a really good example, just the way how we really should treat ourselves because that's the inner critic, right? The inner critic, the part of us that's the inner critic want to beat ourselves up. But then I was like, you know, how about we treat ourselves as a baby? You know, like just think of yourself as a baby and just give yourself lots of tender, loving care. And you wouldn't say those harsh things to the baby. So why would you say it to yourself? Because I truly also do believe there's no one and no world like physically can love you more than you can love yourself. So, you know, we really owe it to ourselves to be the most kind to ourselves because no one else is obligated to do that. So that's my own kind of like take on, I don't mean in a negative way, but that's really just, I see even parents, even children, we can't rely on that. I feel like the most important person to give ourselves love is ourselves. Yeah, I think, I think you're spot on. And I think it can feel kind of like a harsh reality sometimes. It's like that same thing of like, no one else is going to come and like save you. Like we get to be that for ourselves. And I think at first it can feel like, oh, and then it's like, oh, wow, that's actually really empowering and really amazing. Yes. I was like, I get to love me right now. I get to come save me right now. I say that with quotes versus feeling like you're stuck waiting for somebody to show up in this one like perfect way and, and swoop in. Then you you could be stuck waiting your whole life. Yeah. 
No, beautiful, beautifully said. And so I'm so curious, there's any one piece of advice you'd want to leave for people who are like, okay, maybe I'm going to retry meditation or willing to give it another shot? Like what would be the thing to leave people, listeners with? Well, since we're talking about baby and you talk about just baby crawling, I'll say like really start with baby step. So instead of, again, like it's this expectation, I have to get to like, oh, I can really feel like that inner stillness. Maybe we're not there yet. And that's totally fine. Like just start that one baby step. Maybe that baby step is just taking one minute, maybe like one minute out of this whole one week. I'm going to try it. Maybe that baby step is just downloading the app. I'm not even going to open the meditation app. Yet, but I'm just going to download it first. So like just really break it down into a super minor, small, small task. Maybe it's just setting up my space. I'm not even going to set it, but I'm going to set up like a cushion that's going to be maybe my meditation space. Or maybe it's just my bed, but I have a special cushion that's going to be my meditation cushion. So just take really small step and then it's going to help to set yourself up for success. And I think that's one thing that's most important just to do small things so you're not overwhelming yourself and just small and achievable tasks, just like any other habit. But yeah, meditation is the same. Just break it down into the what's the next manageable step for you and just do that part. Mm, I love that. I love that approach so much. I think we so underestimate what we can accomplish when we are just actually taking baby steps versus constantly stuck in the like waiting for the perfect time to start this big thing, (laughs) which then will never happen. Or if it does, falls off very quickly when anything goes wrong. So yes. And since you mentioned apps, I'm curious, do you have a favorite app just so people can have like a very easy next baby step to go to? I do love Headspace, no affiliation. It's yeah. just, I've tried Headspace. I know there are many other apps, but I've tried Headspace and they have, I know that when I tried it a few years back, they have like this 10 day free program and then you can choose like three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. So I did just do the three minute one. And I think it was just really nice to be able to follow like a 10 day program is on the phone. It's only three minutes. So it's totally very manageable. So yeah, but there are definitely a lot of other apps out there, you know. Yeah, I know. I always recommend like if you want the like, here you go. Here's they have a free trial. They have the like, here's the program to do. It's like Headspace or Calm. And I always tell people, I'm like, see whose voice you like better in your ear. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then Insight Timer is the one that I use now. I really like that one because it has a timer you can set. But then there's the only thing with Insight Timer, I caution people, is like you have to choose which one. And I could like some days I will sit down and I'll be like 20 minutes later and I still have it. I'm like, no, this one's that perfect note. And I'm like, damn it, that was my meditation time. <laughs> you know, right. So I've gotten better about that. But so that's the only thing with Insight Time where they have like um, so many wonderful ones, but it can be a little overwhelming. But they do have the timer function. So if you can just get yourself to go right into that, if you don't want the guidedness, mm-hmm. but they do have a lot of really beautiful guided ones. Just don't get caught scrolling for the perfect meditation. Just pick one. <laughs> Yeah, those are my those are the ones I've tried. I'm sure there's so many others out there as well, but yeah, no affiliation for any of them either. So <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Tanya, so much for being here. This was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. Yeah. And where can people find you? So they can find us the Musefile website. We also have a newsletter people can sign up for and they'll get a 500 baht 
quite a voucher when it's time for a newsletter to use for their next retreat booking here. And I also get weekly tips on like meditation, how to get started meditation or with other spiritual practice tools. So it's just www.musefloweer, so newsflower, E-T-R-E-A-T.com, so newsflowerretreat.com. Awesome. Actually, I have one more question for you. How long are your retreats normally? Like, are they- How long the retreats? Yeah. Yeah, so we have actually two retreat packages we usually offer. It's all available all year round. So we have a yoga retreat package and also a spa getaway package. And the minimum is usually three nights. So four day, three nights, three nights, five nights or seven nights. Oh, oh my gosh. And it's available all year round. So you can start any day you want. Well, there you go. If anybody is looking for an amazing trip, go check out Tanya and use flower. That sounds absolutely dreamy. Thank you so much for everything you do. And thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Angra. Thank you for having me here today.